morning and good coffee, everybody. Hey, this is Morning Coffee with Larry, and I am back live. This is not a best of morning coffee. It is Monday the... I don't even know what day it is. I feel like I've come off of a little vacation, which was filled with a lot of work. <laughs> but it is Monday, the 5th of August, 2019, and it is great to join you again. It's uh, It was nice to have a break from the podcast. However, I did have to do a lot of work getting the uh, uh, alternate best of shows going, and I'm glad that uh, many of you tuned in to listen, but today we are live, and uh, uh, back to doing things the other way. You know, I, what... I, I need to take a little bit of a break from it. One was there was other things that I was needing to hopefully do. And frankly, I also just needed to sleep after four o'clock in the morning. Unfortunately, my body still wanted to wake up roughly around that time. <sighs> but, you know, it's an early morning thing. And uh, I do need to uh, take a little bit of a respite from it, which now that's over. Now, some things I had hoped to accomplish didn't get done, but I did get a few extra minutes of sleep in the morning. So I guess that's where it's at. Hey, um, uh, I need to send out a big shout out to uh, one of my classmates, uh, Rick McCorder. I don't know if he listens to the podcast. He's a pretty busy guy also. He is a high school football coach uh, down in Georgia. And he had something pretty exciting. I mean, I, I have not talked to uh, Rich, which everybody in our class, we just called him Tank because he was, he was built like a tank there on the football line. And... Uh, uh, he's had an extremely successful high school coaching program uh, down there in, in Georgia. Uh, him and his wife, Sydney, another classmate, uh, they've got two beautiful daughters, and they have a lot of passion for what they do. And uh, it's evidenced um, by, uh, by Tank uh, getting uh, or having several of his students become professional football players, you know, in the NFL. Uh, well, uh, over this past week, um, he had something pretty amazing happen. Uh, one of his former students, uh, Champ Bailey, he was uh, admitted into the, uh, uh, let me get the right term here. Let me pull up my screen capture on that. Um well, I guess I did have it after all. It was, um, oh, there it is. The pro, he was admitted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Wow. You know, for those of you who are teachers or coaches, to have somebody, you know, uh, one of your students reach that peak is, is pretty amazing. It's an amazing thing for uh, the student who, who uh, worked incredibly hard to get to that place. And uh, I think it's a great testimony to, to Rich. So I am um, sending out a shout out to him and, and uh, uh, offering my appreciation 
for what he's done with his career uh, in, in reaching out and inspiring athletes. Um, and maybe someday he'll make it to a class reunion and I can tell him face to face, you know, how proud I am of him. Uh, we go back to uh, grade school days and uh, it was, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting here just kind of glowing and beaming as I look at a photo that was flashed up on the big screen of him sitting in the audience with a big smile on his face. And that's just pretty neat. Uh, well, in looking at today's topic, because I could just kind of ramble on and on uh, about a variety of different things. This morning, got to go out and we... Um, uh, big thing after we do chores is I've got to get ready one of our chicken tractors, which is kind of like an outdoor pen that we move day to day to new pieces of grass. So they've got, you know, fresh, fresh bugs to eat, fresh grass that they can nibble on. And, uh, but we've got 38 birds in one great big livestock watering trough and they are growing fast and we need to separate them. And then uh, over the next uh, week or so, the wife and I, we need to build a new chicken tractor because one's not going to be big enough. <laughs> but anyway, let's get into our topic and let me just kind of find it here. Um, and I'm, I'm going to steal again. I, I kind of like the idea of, of kind of finding a good thought-provoking meme and, uh, and sharing my thoughts on it because... You know, they're, they're great quotes or they're great um, observations. And that's why we pass them around. That's why we share them on social media because it's like, this is kind of a neat thing. Um, this first one is uh, credited to Stephen Porges, Porges, P-O-R-G-E-S. I'm not familiar with him, and I haven't looked him up yet to see. But um, it's on the topic of trauma. And I was responding uh, uh, to a friend's question earlier this morning before the podcast, just kind of on that general topic. And, and I was kind of thinking, you know, remembering that I had screen captured uh, this particular uh, meme. And it says... Trauma compromises our ability to engage with others by replacing patterns of connection with patterns of protection. Let me say that again, because there's a lot in that sentence. Trauma compromises our ability to engage with others by replacing patterns of connection with patterns of protection. Well, there's three big things as I read this that I want to just kind of draw out and, and uh, play around with here a bit. The first part, you know, it's talking about, you know, or I guess it starts off with trauma compromises. And it is. A trauma is an overwhelming life event that is something that we normally never encounter, you know, that uh, there's not necessarily any clear way to you know, anticipate or protect ourselves from traumas. They, they, we don't have a 
the skill set really to handle it. And some stuff is just simply beyond the design tolerance of humans. We were not created or designed to have to encounter these things. And because of our the sinful nature of the world we live in, guess what? We have to encounter them. And what the, what the trauma does is it compromises, it impacts, it weakens, it sometimes destroys our ability to engage with others. Stop and think about it. You know, a big part of our human existence is engagement. We engage with family members. We engage with friends. We engage with spouses. We engage with co-workers. We do engagement. We interact. It is the dance of life. And what happens when we isolate and we don't have engagement? We don't do well. I know some people say, well, I do perfectly fine. And where I hear that most from is from people who've been traumatized. You see, trauma compromises that ability. It makes it harder. I've been through some traumas myself, and I can tell you firsthand, when I am going through an acute traumatic experience, I don't really want to interact with people. I, I am, it's like something is turned off. Sometimes it's hard to make eye contact because it's, this engagement ability is, is just impacted. And what happens as if, if we don't break free of that, if we do not find a, a, a relatively quick and effective and accurate you know, way of processing and understanding the trauma, well, what happens is we start losing that ability to uh, engage with others and like the meme says, what replaces it, uh, what pr- replaces that pattern of connection is a pattern of protection. We, it, it's kind of like we start having uh, that, those knee-jerk reactions of, of fear, of pain. And, you know, like if somebody has... Uh, been in a car accident and their arm is boogered up. It's not broken. It's not in a cast, but it's just in a sling and it's boogered up and it hurts really bad. And you see somebody coming up that normally wants to pat you on the shoulder. And as they come up and their arm kind of starts to move in the way where they get at you, you start flinching and you try to stop them and you pull back and you're like, hey, Hey, I've been, you know, my arm's boogered up. Don't dare touch me that way. Well, that's a pattern of protection. Well, we start doing other patterns of protection regarding emotional, mental, cognitive trauma. And a lot of times that protection is avoidance. We avoid people. We avoid situations. We avoid places. We, we, we learned that there were things associated with that trauma, and we just start avoiding those. And a lot of times that's happening, and we, we aren't really aware of it. It's, it's this natural aversion. That's why when I said earlier, a lot of people will say, uh, 
Well, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with not being around people. I've got one fellow right now. If he could completely isolate and have, you know, literally Amazon deliver his, his everything he needed, that's what he wants. Because his, his ability of connection right now is severely limited. And his protection is basically, I need to protect myself against every person out there. So these patterns of protection, sometimes they're keeping ourselves so busy. We don't have time to think about anything else, let alone the trauma. We don't have time to do anything else. We're just keeping ourselves going, going, going mentally and physically as a means of protection. We don't, we, we don't have time to interact on a deeper level where somebody may probe an area that's related to the trauma. We keep everything at just a superficial level. You know, if, if somebody has a job where they, they may see a lot of people and they're getting some of that interaction needs met, but the conversations are short, they're very predictable, they're very superficial. And then after that, well, hey, I'm not isolated. But what they do is they isolate from anything deeper. So let me read this again. And um, just, uh, you know, kind of get an, an additional look at it. Trauma compromises our ability to engage with others by replacing patterns of connection with patterns of protection. And that's why recovery from trauma is so important, is so critical. You know, there's different approaches. You know, some some people, they're, they may require, you know, a much more deeper type therapy, cognitive processing therapy. They may benefit from uh, prolonged exposure therapy. But, you know, in others, they may just regular standard cognitive uh, or be, cognitive behavioral therapy if it's if it's not too ingrained or not too complex sometimes traumas are more complex than other times and require a deeper uh, deeper level of of, of uh, therapy for recovery <laughs> But um, I can't remember who I stole this from on Facebook, but um, I thought that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good meme. There's another one here that I'm just going to share at this time as well, and it's called The Other Serenity Prayer. The author is unknown, and the person whose page I found this on is unknown also. Sorry. <laughs> but I like it. Because it ties into kind of what we're talking about here and what we believe about ourselves, what do we believe about others, and how that can be impacted, you know, by trauma. And we're also talking about the connection with ourselves. The uh, the other serenity prayer goes like this: God, grant me the serenity to stop beating myself up for not doing things perfectly. The courage to forgive myself because I'm working on doing better. And the wisdom 
to know that you already love me just the way I am. I like that. I like that a lot. I'm going to post both these memes on the uh, Facebook page, Morning Coffee with Larry, so you can uh, look that up and, and if you want to see these and share them. But let me break down these three parts again. God grant me the serenity to stop beating myself up for not doing things perfectly. You see, if we believe we have to do things perfectly, guess what? That's a stuck point. That's an inaccurate belief. No one can do anything perfectly. But there's a whole lot of us out there that are either perfectionist or want to be perfectionist. And the way that we try to motivate ourselves to do better is to beat ourselves up. So if you do that, stop it. Stop it now. If you're listening to this podcast, I care about you and I want the best for you. Quit beating yourself up. The second, the courage to forgive myself because I'm working on doing better. Who's the hardest person to forgive? Yep, you're right. It's yourself. That's the hardest person. And I think it's because we know our own motivations. And you know what? We need to forgive. Forgiveness is a skill. You got to practice it. You got to practice it on a daily basis. If you're not practicing forgiveness on a daily basis, then you're going to have struggles. Make it a skill that you practice not just towards others, but also towards yourself. Because if you care about these things, you are working on them. You may be taking baby steps. You may be, you know, having to to take it in small, bite-sized pieces. But you know what? Don't give up. Because what's the alternative? You got to work through it. You got to keep going. And let me just be an encourager to you. If you are working on making yourself better, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself because you are working on it. Don't let unforgiveness hinder you another moment. And then finally, the wisdom to know that you already love me just the way that I am. And that is a truth. God loves you just the way you are. He doesn't want you to settle necessarily for the way you are, but he loves you there. He loves you the way you are because you're his precious child, and don't you ever forget it. That's unconditional love. We like to try to practice that. It's hard. But you know what? God practices it flawlessly. He loves us just the way we are. He holds us when we're hurting if we come to his lap. And he does inspire and encourage us through other people that he places in our lives. The wisdom to know that you, God, already love me just the way that I am. I love that. That is good. All right, folks. That is going to be it for today. Uh, glad to be back. And it's starting to get daylight. So <laughs> that means we're in a few minutes. We'll be heading out the door to work with all the animals. <laughs> 
So I hope you have a great day as you get out there and work with your animals, whether it's getting your kids ready for school or uh, facing the day at work, uh, whatever it is that you do. So you take care. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time right here with Morning Coffee.